Welcome to another installment of Money You Should Ask. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler, and in this episode, we're going to explore, question, examine, converse, dig deep, expose, laugh, and cry about the money beliefs, money blocks, and life challenges of our next guest. Turn up the volume, listen, learn, and laugh. I'm so excited today because we have a Kentucky-born stand-up comic, written a couple books. Uh, Stevie D, welcome. Stevie D. Thank you, buddy. It's yeah, good this to see is a money you. show, so I'm the example of, of what not to do with your money. Well, is that that's, well? See, <laughs> this is set up money. You should ask. Um, <laughs> now, this is what's great about this is I love talking to comics and creative types and artists and hearing their stories. Um, not everybody's a multimillionaire because we screw up our money. We We're screw like, up the money. We just want to be and, funny and don't worry about the money, right? Well, that's right. Well, you know, there's some comics actually that have a belief. Um, some artists that have a belief you have to be. Um, you have to be a starving artist. Yeah. Right? Otherwise, it's not true. still have that it's hunger. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you, otherwise, you've sold out. Exactly. If you're too comfortable, then you're, you're, not, you're, you're not hustling. You don't, you don't have not, the grind. It's not you don't, pure. Exactly. I mean, I remember, actually, I saw a comic that I was doing um, coffee houses with one time. Mm-hmm. And he's like, dude, I haven't seen you in a while. And I was like, oh, I'm over at the store performing. Yeah. Sell out. I'm like, <laughs> really? Because I thought that's what everybody yeah, wanted man. was success. Um, it's what we were working towards. And now you did it. <laughs> We hate it's you. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I, just, I was like, yeah, enjoy the coffee shop with three people. Yeah. And don't forget to buy your bagel. <laughs> you have to buy something. You have to buy stage something. Time. Yeah. Right. A drink. A, uh, those were fun days. I drive by so many places that are holes in the wall. Now they're like, you know, pet stores, or, you know, shoe repair. And I'm like, I think I did jokes there once right. in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. My son's like, why? Why? Because they see like YouTube stars. They see right. people with millions of followers and they're like right. in their mom's basement. And he's like, why would you do that, dad? Yeah. And where's your million followers? Yeah, yeah. Damn it. Yeah. So, man, so you came out. So you um, you grew up in Kentucky. Um, I think you described it as a um, – in your bio, you describe it as um, a poor, dysfunctional, loving family. Yeah. Bo- born and reared. Born and reared. Hey, we won't talk about the rear. The rear. Talk about the rear. And then you <laughs> ran as fast as you could to Hollywood. Correct. Little get... stop over in Panama City Beach. Oh, well, there you go. That's a nice place. I got a story for, about that, Bob. Yeah, what happened there? I'm sure you read the book. But anyway um, – so I'd never really been out of my hometown. And in the 11th grade, a friend's uh, parents for spring break took, took he and I and took their own son, believe it or not, and, and myself down to Panama City Beach, Florida. They call okay. it the Redneck Riviera. Right. And when I saw the place, and there was a big beach club there that was like, you know, the Mecca. It was like a palace to me. Yeah. You know, and it probably had capacity like 220 people. And I go... Man, when I get out of school, I'm going to move down here. I'm going to be a DJ right there at the Spinnaker. <laughs> oh, you're like, wow, you should really set your goals a little really higher. Low. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, higher, higher. higher yeah, yeah the higher. House or something. Yeah. So when I graduated high school, um, two weeks after high school, I jumped in a, a little, you know, piece of shit, whatever. I don't know if I can I say. You can shit. say piece of shit. Okay, piece of shit. And drove to Panama City Beach. And within like, you know, 18 months, I was a DJ at the Spinnaker. I'm like, I'm good. I made, right. made it in life. I won. <laughs> now, how many thousands of DJs were running down trying to get jobs at Panama City? I don't know. I had the <laughs> gift of gab, I guess. I just BS my way in one little oyster bar, and then I got into another club. And then before you know it, I was like two nights a week at Spinnaker. And then I was in front of like thousands of spring breakers emceeing all the wet T-shirt contests. Oh, and, fun. Yeah, yeah. I got some VHS that, you know, someday <laughs> – when my son, when my son turns 18. Come here, son. I'll show you something. Show you some pictures. We're going to have that talk. Well, actually – just watch this video. He might move to Panama City. He might. He might. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll talk him out of that. That's too funny. Well, I, I'm. See, we went to Destin. 
Destin, yeah. Destin, Dustin. Destin. Destin. D-E-S-T-I-N. Well, I felt like dust. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dust point. in the wind. And, and Gulf Shores. That was our two yeah. big uh, living it up. From... You, were, you were comfortable. Well, we're from Tennessee, so we got oh, to go yeah. a little further down yeah, the – Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down the – whatever they call that. The Gulf of Mexico. The Gulf of Mexico. And so, okay, so then you decided you were going to give up that so life was, of luxury. Correct. I was there for three three summers, like four and a half, four okay. years or something. And it would, everything was shut down in the winter. So in the winter, of course, I didn't save a penny. So the winter would be closed like four months, and I'd be couch surfing and <laughs> have a couple friends in Atlanta. I'd go up and crash in Atlanta, went over to Tallahassee, a DJ in Tallahassee, went to community college there for like five minutes. And uh, I'd come back for the summer, mm-hmm. you know, the season, like seven, eight months. So I did that for about three years. And, and like I said, once I was in front of like thousands of spring breakers, and I was being funny and crazy and doing characters and rapping – I'm like, man, I've, i got to go to Hollywood now. I'm going to be a stand-up. And they're like, we'll see you next summer. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm out. And I put two suitcases and an Elvis King Creole movie poster and headed west and never went back. There you go. Yeah. And what was your first um, What was your first comedy gig? Do you remember? First comedy gig? Um, well, I was DJing in a place called Champions Sports Bar in LAX Marriott. Okay. And so we had a comedy night. So I would go up and start emceeing and I would start – doing jokes and I think I'm I think I'm doing I'm funny. comedy yeah so from there it was coffee shops and you know now were you still sporting the mullet the mullet yeah the golden mullet the golden yeah, mullet yeah. well now it's more like a full it's like a feathered <laughs> mullet it's a uh, trademark <laughs> hashtag <laughs> that's funny. well I mean I it's just I, I just have this great vision of like riding into LA I mean they think southern people are Hicks. Well, A, I, I mean, thought there I was going to be a thousand clubs like Spinnaker right. all up and down Malibu, the coast. Right. So I spent my last $500 and made a VHS reel of me at spring break and, <laughs> hey, what's going on, DJing? I'm like, man, I, I'm, I'm going to kill this town, Sheesh. crush it. Yeah. And I drove on the 10 all the way out to you know where it ends in Santa Monica, and I got out the pier and looked around and I go, where the hell's the beach clubs? Right. Uh, I, I didn't have a backup plan. Right. Like the plan was to do this. And I wanted to be a host, like on on you know TV and mm-hmm. Dick Clark and all that, so uh, I could dance, I could break dance. So I became a featured dancer on the Party Machine. It was a paid the Party Machine. The Party Machine. Arsenio Hall produced the Party Machine. Oh my god! And again, I'm like, and my I'd made it completely. You know, I was like, I'm, I'm good. The show would open up, and I'd go out and do the Running Man. And Stevie, we need you and your mullet on stage two right now. We're going to open up. You're going to come down, do three spins, and I point to the camera. And I was oh, like, so- yes. That is yeah. so funny. That <laughs> what, was what was the other one? Like solid gold singers or players solid or gold dancers? dancers yeah. Yeah, 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 that was the solid other one. Go, yeah, Whew. yeah, with the spandex. Oh my god, I still rock the spandex. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're proud of yeah. those. Do you look back at the pictures and go, "Wow, I was trendy." Well, I'll still bust out. Like every time there's like a costume party or something, I just close my eyes and reach in the closet. And I still have the star pants and right upstairs here when I did the Pimp Daddy show on Friday nights and. Sergio Love and I would wear fur coats and star pants. Oh my god! And I'd still, I still rock the star pants. That's... My wife's like, you know, could you? Yeah, could, could you can you... retire those. Really, Goodwill's. I have to put them in a to... safe now. She'll give them away. She will. That's too funny. And do you still do anything with Sergio Love? Is she... I haven't seen Sergio in years. Yeah, I was wondering. Witness I... protection, or I guess so. You know, San Quentin, or wherever he is. Yeah, well... we love you, brother. Wherever you are, <laughs> wherever you are. Yeah, send him the whatever love. your name is now. If you hear, if you're hearing this, <laughs> blink twice and. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's funny. And so, all right. So you, the, the clubs weren't at the beach, um, like you planned. Um, you were doing the, you so did. I DJed, I, uh, 
So in my book, I tell a couple of good DJ stories. One, one story is I was DJing the party where Dr. Dre got shot. Right. I was like the only white guy there. And, and uh, so it was at the LAX Marriott. It was a party for Eazy-E, and I was the only white dude. So they had their own security, and, and the, the, the hotel had booked this, the bar. And I walked in, and I knew we were in trouble when I walked into the club, and I see tents on every table that said, free OJ. And it was a picture of O.J. Simpson. Oh, no. Like, oh, no. You know what you guys are getting yourself into. And I'm the DJ. I'm going to be dead. So it got out of hand real quick. And the, the manager of the hotel came in my back door because they wouldn't even let him in the club anymore. Oh, wow. So he snuck into the DJ booth and said, uh, we, need, we need to shut this party down. We're die. So what you're going to do, <laughs> you're going to stop the music. And then you're going to tell everybody they need to leave. And I said, okay, we need a plan B because we, me, is not going to do that. Right. Because I don't want to get shot tonight. So we came up with the plan of, I got on the mic and I said, man, this is some BS, but uh, 5-0 is shutting us down. And by that time, he had already called the police. The police were outside. And I was like, man, that's some BS, man. F the police. And they're like, yeah, the man. Let's so, start shooting. Yeah, yeah, let's start shooting. And I got under the turntables and I didn't come out for two days. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Jeez, that's a little crazy. Yeah. So um, you wrote a book. And Correct. which is called the uh, Trans Am Diaries. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's the road trip from uh, Stand Up County. County to cancer and back again. Yeah. So, yeah. So tell me a little bit about that, because that must have been, I would imagine, a little bit life changing. Yeah. So um, when I first found out I had the cancer, the prostate cancer, which the average age is 72 and I was 44. So I went. Wow. In, yeah, I went in. And they checked my prostate, which was a good time. And, you know, we went to dinner afterwards. And, oh, uh, we're still seeing each other. It's yeah. Really, yeah, it's, it's great. But they didn't, they didn't do the PSA. So anyway, two years later, I got the PSA. turns out I did have cancer. And uh, so I, right away, I told my wife, Katie, I said, hey, I'm, good news is now I can write a book. I'm a <laughs> sick comedian. So like, hey, people love I got sick some comedians. good jokes about the doctor sticking his finger in my butt. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> and guess what he's found? Yeah. She's like, someone's class ring. I have no idea who that was. But <laughs> uh she said, you can barely read a book. How are you going to write a book? And, yeah. You know, so I wrote a book and it's a coloring there's no book. word it's more than, yeah, coloring book. book. Yeah. No so, word more than two syllables in the book. That's good. And uh, yeah, so. Keep it simple. Got a couple of awards for the book, surprisingly, cool. and had, you know, doctors like Dr. Simon, head of the Milk Milken Foundation, loved the book and it put me on uh, Times Square and all kinds of crazy stuff. That's cool. Yeah. And how was that for... Like, just how was that for you and your wife? How was that for your comedy career? Like, did you put everything on hold? Like, like what goes through your mind when there's a possibility that uh, you might have limited in... time? Well, the next day I was in traffic and I'd see someone like smoking and eating a cheeseburger. And I'm like, that bastard should get cancer. I'm pretty damn healthy, man. I should. Why me? Because you're you personal trainer. Yeah, trainer. And... Certified trainer and uh, ate organically. Never smoked. Uh, you know, anything legal, but um, nobody in my family had ever had prostate cancer. Right. So you just, you just never know. But, but yeah, I pulled back a little bit on the, on the comedy and I had a DVD called the rock stars of comedy mm-hmm. and it had just come out. And uh, so after that came out, I got a TV co-production deal. Mm-hmm. We were going to try and sell it as a TV show and I signed Tommy Lee to host. Oh, cool. So we had all these network meetings set up and I didn't tell anybody about the cancer. Right. I didn't tell Tommy. A, I didn't tell him. That always kills go, the deal. Yeah, yeah. Kills hey, the deal. Man, I'm a rock star with yeah. prostate cancer. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So it didn't tell anybody. And so I said, I'm going to be on the road. I'm going to be touring for about six weeks. And the recovery is supposed to be three months. But I gave him 
a window of six weeks. And so after the six, I had the surgery, I came back and I'm hobbling around, lost like 20 something pounds. And Tommy and I went and did all these network pitches Yeah. and I'm hobbling and, you know, just got back from Vegas, man. I look rough. Charlie Sheen That's and rough. I were, yeah, man, we were tearing it up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. And after that, um, started pitching more shows and got a couple more development deals and, you know, I was a dad and within that two years, when I first went in to get checked, they didn't do the blood work. The first guy that, you know, I'm still huh. seeing that did the first prostate, uh, he just like his yeah, finger. Yeah. He can't just do like blood my, work, I but kept he's got going a great back finger. And he's like, look, don't come back anymore. But no, he didn't do the blood work. So two years later, when they did the PSA with a different insurance company, uh, they found out it was cancer. And they said, oh, yeah, that was, that was cancer two years ago. The, um, the silver lining is that in that two years, my daughter was born. Oh, cool. So the first time around, if they would have done the PSA, shop's closed. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So now people are always going, what does that mean, shop's closed? Can he not yeah. have sex? You can still have sex. And uh, as I said on Dr. Drew, now fairy dust comes out. So, yeah. <laughs> Glitter. <laughs> I put on roller skates. Yeah, it's a big party now, yeah. That's fun. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, and so, um, and now, um, that's, I, you know, gone, remission, and life is good. You're Clear. writing a second book. Stuck with me. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, in your choice of doing entertainment, doing comedy, and, you know, foregoing the million dollars worth of money you could have made as a lawyer mm-hmm. or a professional athlete. No, I didn't um, have the IQ for that. Yeah. I can tell you right now. Um, I needed lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> Did, like when, so, well, even before we get to your wife, tell me about how you met your wife. Cause I love this. I met her about uh, 20 yards from where we're sitting right now. You met her in the comedy store. In the comedy store. We're at the comedy store now. I'm sure your fans know that, but um, we're down in the basement. Which is uh, supposed where the ghosts haunted. are. Yeah, the ghosts are down here. A couple here. have left. A I couple. got a good ghost story, by the way, too, for, from this place. Oh, cool. But uh, I met Katie right up. So I lived in West Hollywood, right down off of La Cienega. And I would walk up to my show on mm-hmm. Friday nights. So I had on leather pants, had a Prince Purple Rain t shirt cut off, you know, yeah. sleeves cut off, of course, because it's illegal to uh, carry concealed weapons. So I usually right. cut exactly. the sleeves off. Yeah, gotta show, show the guns, you gotta know. Show the guns, so make them visible. After I hoofed it up La Cienega with my leather skin tight pants, by the time I got to the top, <laughs> On sunset, there's steam coming out of the top of my pants, and I got right right out in front of the comedy store and see this beautiful five ten model, you know, gorgeous, and she's with a friend of mine, another um, that they work together in an art gallery. So I went right up behind my friend, and then how to make a good impression of someone? I bit my friend's butt, I bit her butt to impress Katie, and she's like, "What? A, what kind of sick person are you? Yeah, bringing me." And Katie would look so bored; she did not want to be at the comedy store. You know, they'd rather be at the Sky Bar. They were going clubbing. She's like, no, let's just stop by for a little bit. So they came, and then um, she stuck around, and afterwards we went out dancing. I showed her my sweet, you know, running man and, uh, you know, the Roger Rabbit, and boom. More steam (laughs) came out of the pants. She was smitten. Yeah, she was smitten. So, yeah, we met right here 18 years ago. Would you say she has a good judge of character? Absolutely not. (laughs) I was just telling Johnny Sanchez today because I posted something, and – he said something about, I'm doing a show in North Hollywood. And he said, you didn't put North Hollywood. And I go, I like to call it the Arts District because I'm so artsy. <laughs> and he said, yeah, you're, you're, you're artsy. You're artsy hillbilly. Yeah. So I put a, a picture of a painting of Elvis, which I actually own. And I go, here's one of my pieces. It's an original piece I had commissioned. He goes, all the Mexicans have that picture. Yeah. And I said, no, you're talking about Elvez. That's the velvet version. <laughs> That's the velvet That's version. That's the velvet version. I like that velvet But Katie version. worked in an art gallery when we met. It was totally opposites and... Okay. I had a Trans Am then also and took her down Sunset with the T-tops off of the 8-track rocking journey. Yeah, and she's like, <laughs> going back my in dad's going to kill me. Her dad was a judge. 
Oh, wow. She's like, he is not going to like this. He was not impressed. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So, and then, so she said, all right, I'm going to give up the art gallery. I'm going to give up the glamorous life. I'm going to lose IQ points hanging out with this guy. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, uh, yeah, so, and so, did like, did you have a conscious plan with her? Like, hey, I'm going to do my comedy or I'm going to, like, we're just going to I was going to be it. famous in about another eight months. And oh, then okay. eight months became two years and then three years. And she's like, oh, uh, you know, it's not too late for me to get out of here. Yeah. Uh, so I decided I better put a ring on it, you and know. Get a couple kids so it'd be harder to A couple bolt. kids, yeah, she can't go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. 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 So she, she's on lockdown. Yeah, that's good. She's stuck with me. That's good. And, and we got another Trans Am. She's still letting me be irresponsible and uh, oh, that's cool. blow drying my hair. <laughs> I don't even know if they still have blow dryers and things like that. They absolutely I guess they do. do. I don't have any hair. So. I have a holster in my Trans Am that plugs into the cigarette lighter. and uh, So you can. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Um, so what would you like in looking, you know, in looking at making that choice and you got married and you've got kids and you're still doing the entertainment and stuff and like, what keeps you going? Like, you know, it's, I love life. I say ignorance is bliss. And literally, uh, I was just telling someone a couple of nights ago, I was like, ever since I've been here since the end of almost 90, end of 89, every day I wake up and it's fun. I mean, I'm, but I'm always create. I've always tried to create something every day. Create, create, create. I never just rest and wait for the the phone to ring. I think you got to grind. You got to hustle. Yeah. And not that I've made you know the best financial decisions. I say I don't know a lot about stocks, but I know a lot about stock cars. Yeah. And I have Almost a Trans Am in the garage of a '78 beautiful Trans Am in the garage, and two new cars sitting out on the street with birds pooping on them. Right. That makes sense. That to me. totally that makes sense. totally makes sense. Hey, Trans Ams, yeah. man, those were cool. And Bert just died, so the value just went oh, up. See? Oh, man. I know investments. Yeah, I saw something about, like, the original one from uh, Smoking the Bandit or something. Somebody mm-hmm. went back and some guy found it and bought it and restored it or something. So, Barry Jackson. And, uh, did you see auction. that? Like, he went just, for, like, 500 and something. Th- well, there was, and, there well was, Bert Reynolds, the guy ran into Bert Reynolds um, a couple weeks before Bert Reynolds passed away. Oh, yeah? And he got his autograph, and he signed the car, and... They said, yeah, the value just, just... Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's a crazy market right now. That's, so who needs, those who needs were, stocks? Gosh, those were the days. Find a Trans Am. Yeah, exactly. And how, so, like, um, fina- you said you didn't make always the best financial choices. Mm. Like, Well, Katie saved me. I was totally irresponsible, like a lot of my comic friends. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't have health insurance. It was just, you know, cash, blowing, like I said, hundreds of dollars right across the street nightly right. at the Sky Bar. Right. Um so yeah, I, I wish I had all that clubbing money back and the, uh, the money just blowing on rent for decades out here. But um, she keeps me in line now. She's like, just hand me the money. I'll take care of it over here. That's good. I ask for allowance. Yeah. What's your month? What's your weekly allowance? You get like ten bucks, hundred bucks. Uh, whatever I can scrounge. Whatever the kids, you know, peel me off some sometimes. Buy me a Jamba Juice. Oh, so, you, so you go to the kids, go <laughs> yeah. and hook me up. Hook Come me on, up. hook daddy up, man. Come, Come on. on, man. Come uh, on. Do you ever borrow from the kids? No, I've never done that. <laughs> They're loaded. My kids are, my son is frugal, man. Just last night, he's in Amazon cart. Daddy, my Amazon cart. Well, I had a gift card. And hold on, don't, I'm not going to, don't click buy because he gives me the money and I buy things for him. But he'll shop. He'll have like three of the same things. And he'll, before he pulls the trigger, he'll wait like a week. He, he Googles for coupons, <laughs> Brad's deals. Dude, he's frugal, yeah. Oh, man, that's good. Well, that's cool. It's funny because when I was asking if you borrowed from the kids, I this is so funny. Well, maybe not. But when we were in Ve- when I was in Vegas, I was a kid, uh-huh. and I ha- and we were walking through the casino, and obviously an 8-year-old can't 
you know, gamble. And um, so I gave my mom five pennies, mm-hmm. and she played the five pennies, and I won like five hundred or seven hundred dollars. Yeah, it was crazy. And then my parents kept it. <laughs> they kept all the money. <laughs> we're we're going to hold on to this for you. <laughs> we're going to hold on to this. But here's your gonna... five pennies back. Yeah, here's your yeah. five pennies yeah. back. Yeah, I never saw a dime. Never. <laughs> never. <laughs> Probably in other ways, but yeah, yeah. that money, uh, that money went to my parents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, the first time I went to a racetrack with my grandfather, I was probably like 12 years old, a horse track in Kentucky. Oh, and yeah. He, he told me like who to bet. Like I was, what about this horse? And he's like, no, go, go with this one. Here's two bucks. And the horse like came in, so I got five bucks. And he says, give me my two bucks back. Oh, man. I go, I thought you, he's like, no. If you win, you pay back the loan. And then I had three bucks. But I thought that was a pretty good lesson. No, that's that's cool. Did you do a lot of horse? Um... No, we were poor, man. We didn't we didn't have a car. We were on you know food stamps, so it was just like one time my grandfather took me. You know, I've never been to Churchill Downs. Oh no, you know, never. The Kentucky well, yeah. is that that's in uh, is that in Louisville? Mm-hmm. Louisville. Yeah. Louisville, 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 <laughs> Louisville, Louisville. And what's your hometown? What's the town you grew up in? Owensboro. Owensboro, home of uh, Johnny Depp. Okay. Of course, I'm, I'm the bigger name from there, of course. Okay. You know, yeah. Well, I was going to say what happened. He be- says the home of Stevie D when he's doing. Yeah. Never, yeah, usually. No, exactly. That. Well, I mean, and then before Johnny Depp, I guess it was just the home of. Uh, Florence Henderson. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Brady Bunch. Brady Bunch. Um, Tom Hewell was a star like in the 50s, Seven Year Itch with Marilyn. Okay. And then a whole bunch of NASCAR drivers. It's oh, too funny. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. Well, I grew up in Tennessee, and it's funny because Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Mm hmm. Um, is mostly in Montgomery County, is it? Tennessee. Okay. But the senator from Kentucky made sure that they put the mailbox and the post on office that on that side. So oh, really? it became Fort Campbell, Kentucky, even though the entire fort, except for the post office, really? is in Tennessee. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I know it because I'm yeah, so mad yeah, because yeah. I'm like, it's the whole Fort town Campbell, is military. Kentucky. Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Yeah. Tennessee. Tennessee. <laughs> Tennessee. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, do you, I don't know if you uh, grew up with a lot of Civil War history or we still have the statue on the courtyard downtown. And, you know, there's always someone like one kid, you know, that goes to the local community college protesting to get it removed or something. But now I don't know if this. So this is something I remember in college. Um, we had a few people from Kentucky and they were very like, I'm from Kentucky. You know, yeah. we're very old south. And the people from Tennessee and Mississippi would always say to the people from Kentucky, border state. Yeah, yeah. Like border state. Arkansas. Yeah. Arkansas. State. And yeah, yeah. We're like, yeah, you never seceded. You're Sweden. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So they would just get so mad. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if anybody ever, like, have you ever heard that or? Well, I'm from like more southern Kentucky. Like right. Louisville's like two hours north and I think you get closer to Ohio maybe or something. But it's pretty, uh, yeah, Confederate where I'm from. Pretty, but you know what's funny? I was, I was just telling someone the other day, I was having lunch with a comic friend and you know, he's very, you know, L.A. And he goes, oh, Kentucky, there's the charm and, and the South, but there's that racism. And I said, I find it's much more racial tense out here yeah. because I showed him, I go, look, this is my uh, niece who's 10 years old, her birthday party yesterday, and they were in a limo. There's like eight black girls and two white girls. One was my niece. And I said, that's not unusual whatsoever. Right. When's the last time out here? You, I said, look around. Who's having lunch together? Yeah. And there's some whites and there's some Latino. I said, even comedy clubs. Yeah. There's Taco Tuesday, Chocolate Sundays. I said, right. And I, I hate that, you know. Well, that's when I first moved out here, people would say to me, oh, what's it like to be a racist? <laughs> and I'm like, you tell me. OK, yeah. well, um, I think you guys are, you know, I see the way that 
Latinos get treated. Uh-huh. I see the way other people get treated. So uh-huh. I don't think it's just exclusive. Yeah. Certainly there's problems in the South, and of I think course. there's been a whole lot of awareness and a lot of shifting mm-hmm. from my perspective. But it's just funny how it's like, oh, if you're from the South, so you're automatically this way. Yeah. And um, I think it's like every – place you go yeah. somebody's going to pick somebody to say like let's marginalize one them. person yeah yeah and blanket <laughs> the whole area but i was totally poor so i said poor wasn't prejudice right like, that's true we didn't have a car if you had a car man you were highfalutin yeah you know fancy yeah you're fancy that's you mean I'm... you can just drive to the other side of town anytime you want that's crazy yeah yeah that's great what was the grocery store that, that you had in uh owens We're iga ig i, loved I worked IGA. at winn dixie when i was a teenager i loved winn dixie my Win-Dixie? favorite was Piggly Wiggly. Piggly Wiggly, yeah. I loved when Piggly Wiggly made a comeback. Yeah. That was like... Are they still was, going? They're not. But that was the first grocery store in the U.S. where you could actually Piggly go... Piggly Wiggly? Piggly really? Wiggly. From Memphis. Wow. Okay. Yeah, man. Learn something. Good to know. Memphis. You know? So let me ask you this. What was your first... Um, do you remember your first decent, like really good paying um, comedy gig? Comedy gig? Mm-hmm. Um, or any or any entertainment stuff, not including the dancer, because that probably paid pretty decent. The featured dancer on the the featured dancer. The, 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 it sounds like a lot of money. Da- not dancer. There was like a twelve of us that were featured dancers. Oh, there Bob. were twelve featured yes. dancers. Yes, oh. there was a hundred dancers. There was only a handful of featured dancers. Oh, okay. We made like forty-five bucks. So you know, are you sure? I, I was doing all right. I was like, I thought you were like I mean, no, at least making two hundred. My hustle was always DJing at night. So okay, and then I would leave nights open to do comedy. And as the comedy started to pick up, I started pulling back more on the DJ, but I can make, you know, decent money as a DJ. Are you saying that comics don't get making a lot? They don't can make you, a lot of money? Can you believe that? That's shocking to me. I mean, I a think. A microphone in a crowd, any comic will hit the stage. I mean, we, the comics now get 20 bucks here. Wow. Yeah. We just, we, I yeah. made a little more down the street. I got to say, I'm not trying oh, to start anything, oh, but. Well, uh, you know, you know, we yeah. try to stay competitive. Oh, okay. We try to stay. Well, so if you were talking to a younger version of yourself, mm-hmm. um, like looking back and making the choices that you made, like what would you tell yourself right before you headed off to Panama City? Um, Save your money. Try to buy a condo. Try to buy, you know, buy something, especially real estate. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can go wrong buying real estate. You know, start yeah. a condo. They say, what, a two-bedroom condo is a better investment than the one-bedroom? That's right. Which, you know, that was my first property in California. It was a, a, a condo. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would say try to try to buy something, try to save. You know, like I said, I don't know a lot about stocks, but I know stock cars, but I know save. Don't go to the Sky Bar. Don't go to the <laughs> – don't go clubbing every night and get bottle service. That'll cost you, man. That'll You're not getting you. that money back. It's like when my son plays Fortnite. Dad, can I, can I spend nine ninety nine on some skins? I'm like – I don't know what skins are, but I'm going to skin your ass. If you spend $10 <laughs> on my, you click in, in my account. But I said, you're, you're never going to see that money again. Right. You know. It just. Pfft. And now drinks are, what I'm saying is bring a flask. Is that, is that's all that's I'm right. saying. It's much cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. Bring your own bottle. Yeah. BYOB. That's when Katie, Katie's, uh, she wanted, I met her sister for the first time. One of her sisters. She has two sisters. She goes, oh, you're going to love my sister, Colleen. She's, she's outgoing like you. And she was president of her class in school like you. And just, you know, you know. Wild, so we went out the first night, and we were at a we were at a club, and the bar was like eight deep. And I said, "Well, you know, while we're waiting, this is anybody want to hit on this?" And I reached inside my vintage leather jacket that I got a jet rag or something. I thought that was cool, and I had a flask. And I said, "Well, we can just you know take a shot of this real quick." And she goes, "Or mine," and reached down to hers and pulled out a flask. <laughs> like, Touche. 
Yeah. <laughs> Birds of a feather. Yeah. And what would you say is the secret for you? You and Katie have been together a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen you kill each other. Poor woman. Yeah. Um, and uh, like, what's the key to that? Like, what? We still laugh. We were a fun family. We we do a lot of adventures. We eat dinner together every single night. The kids. Oh. We lock them in the room. But Katie yeah, and I but, eat dinner. Yeah, that makes sense. Yes. I, who wants the so kids? The truth, yeah, we don't need the kids. Cramping our style. But no, as a family, we 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 do everything together. We we eat dinner together. You know, we have one TV in the house. That's in the living room. So, like last night, I'm like, can we have movie night? Can we, as a family, and just pile on together? We go camping. So we do a lot of fun adventures, you know. And is that something that happened for you as a kid, like that you instilled, um, or? No, I grew up with a single mom, so my dad wasn't around. So I say, Uh you either repeat what you know, what you saw, or you go the other way completely. So I want to be a there's my dad instead of where's my dad. There's my dad doing donuts as a trans on the soccer field. There's my dad. Dad, please stop doing that. Yeah. I like that. Where's my dad? I was supposed to pick up the kids today, and my daughter said, will you, will you drive the trans but don't embarrass me. I said, I can't floss. I can't jump out and go, hey, I'm over here. She's like, please, please don't do that. That's, oh, that's funny. How old is she now? <laughs> She's eight. Oh, my God. So just old enough that, like, parents can be She's trouble. Drag. She is trouble. She, <laughs> she, she wakes up in the morning and goes, no. No what? I just said good morning. Just no, whatever it is, you're, no, just whatever no. Whatever you're selling, Yeah, no. just no. Oh, that's hilarious. We let them bring one thing to church. We go to church and, you know, I try to play along. Like, I always freak, think the, the priest is going to look at me like, I know you don't belong here. We need to talk after. But, but you know, um, Katie's Catholic. The kids are being raised Catholic. So we, we, we hang in there. We go. But my daughter, I have to, I'm like the rodeo clown. I have to separate her from Katie. And I'm in the middle. And Katie doesn't see 85% of what my do- what she's doing. <laughs> and one day we, st- we get there and I all rise. And I stand up and I, I hold Faith's hand, my daughter's hand. I feel something. I looked down, and she had the hand shocker, the buzzer. Oh, hilarious. Slipped over her finger, wound up, and when we get ready to say, peace be with you and shake, she was going to shock the hell out. Feel the Holy Spirit. <laughs> hey, man, can you feel it? <laughs> That's funny. Oh, my God. Well, listen, we are coming to the end, and I it has been great having Thanks, you here. Buddy. It's fun to hear the stories, and um, I'm glad that you're cancer-free. Thank you. And that uh, you got a second book coming out. You're going to be performing with Mike Marino. Mike Marino, October 19th at another comedy club. At another club. You could say yes. ha-ha. Ha-ha. It's ha-ha. a really funny club. Ha-ha. 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 And, um, yeah, so I appreciate it. And, uh, again, this is Money You Should Ask. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler. Um, yeah, share the laughs. You can check us out on Twitter, um, Facebook, Instagram. And you can subscribe. I'm learning that word. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Until next time, thanks again. Thanks for having me. 